are listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more totally free anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. I have Emily a valet on the line, is that right? Emmy. Emmy, sorry. Hi, John. I, I even saw it. How are you? I'm good yourself. I'm doing fine. Um, uh, the, what I'm basically asking people uh, is, because this is a, this event, as you know, is called Our Anxiety Stories. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, I guess my, my, my basic start question for people is, what's your anxiety story? Um, you know, where did it start for you and, and how has it affected your life? Yeah, so my anxiety started when I was doing my uh, bar school. So I finished law school and then went on to do the, the bar school. And uh, it started right in the middle of it, uh, high stress period, obviously. And uh, I saw someone at the time who uh, turns out wasn't qualified to help me. But oh, um, it was difficult to know between a therapist or a psychologist and all of that. I wasn't familiar with any of it. I didn't look for credentials around anxiety because I didn't know I had anxiety. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I saw her. She didn't give me any kind of diagnosis or or uh, pointed me in the, that direction. Mm-hmm. And because anxiety runs out of gas, I eventually felt better yeah. and thought, this is it. Uh, but it kind of lingered, and I had this Greek out over my head uh, for 10 more years after that, uh, or about that. Um, and then I had my first child and mm. came sleep deprivation. Oh. And then I had my second child, yeah. <laughs> who was uh, sleeping even less, and oh, it no. just snowballed. Yeah. Um, and then I really hit rock bottom. Um mm-hmm. At one point, I walked myself to the ER in the middle of the night, and uh, I was afraid I would uh, become, uh, I would lose control over my actions and may um, endanger my kids. Been there. Yes. Well, yeah, in my life. So I just decided it would be better if I wasn't in their life than Mm -hmm. um, risking to be a danger for them. Mm-hmm. And luckily I chose the ER mm-hmm. over other options I was contemplating at the time. And um, the doctor wanted to send me home with some sleeping pills. And I uh, said no, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. if he did that, I would not go home. Yeah. And they agreed to uh, keep me in. And I found out the next day that I actually had something called OCD, right? Uh, which I didn't know. Because to me, OCD is the person who has compulsions, yeah. uh, not obsessions. And that is what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at that point, I ended up staying for one month in the hospital right. uh, to really recover from that and ensure the medicines uh, were helping. And I started a psychotherapy with a properly trained therapist in uh, CBT. Yeah. And yeah, that was... Uh, almost uh, eight years ago now eight years yeah it's a very familiar story to me uh because i have two kids that are older now um yeah and man uh sleep deprivation i didn't think it affected me that much and uh, it it really affected my wife um through that period of time um because you know moms are are pulling all this you know this duty like you know she was breastfeeding and she was you know you're the you're the sole person to keep this little person alive 
Yeah, right. absolutely. Um, I, I say often to people who try to uh, kind of diminish the, the, the impact of sleep deprivation, it's a form of torture used uh, by the army. Yeah. So it, it is uh, terrible to not sleep. And when you have um, a mental illness, uh, it can just send you completely over the top. Yeah. Uh, so self-care like that, uh, as simple as making sure you sleep enough, can really uh, help significantly with any kind of mental illness challenges. Yeah, I find sleep is kind of probably pretty much number one for me. Yeah. I guess, you know, what I'm curious about you is, you, you know, you talked about you, you, uh, you wrote the bar. Right. Yeah. Um, and you and you've had two kids. Um, those are I've never written the bar. I've never experienced that kind of <laughs> academic stress um, by design. Uh, yeah. I just I just knew it wasn't for me. Um, but I guess I'm wondering, like, comparatively, what were those? How do those two those two events compare to you compare to you in terms of the stress and anxiety that they caused you? I mean, I know that the kids were the ultimate trigger. But yeah. how, do, how do they compare in terms of they, the stress levels they gave you? Um, I think with the bar, it was I could control everything. So mm-hmm. to some extent, it was easier because I could um, decide that how much effort I would put in. Mm-hmm. And really after that episode that I did was around February, March, and I only had one more exam. So the way it worked, I was back in Quebec. We had six exams. Yeah. And I only had one left. And I just decided after that, you know, you don't need 100%. You yeah. just need to pass. Yeah, yeah. And that will be good enough. Yeah. Um, but with kids, uh, I, it took me, I think, by surprise how, I mean, we're all responsible as parents, but mm-hmm. I was terrified I would damage them uh, or that I would something would happen to me and they would forgive me or they would um, they, they would not know how much they were loved. Right. And that occupied my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. It's 24 hours, seven days a week. Wow. It just wouldn't stop. Exhausting. Oh, yeah, <laughs> beyond belief. And then I wasn't functional. Yeah. <laughs> like anything would take hours to do because I wanted to make sure it was done safely. Yeah. I spent hundreds of dollars on our earthquake safety kit because yeah. it couldn't be good. And it's never enough. When you're feeding uh, OCD, it just, you move on to the next thing. You think, oh, I'll just do this. I'll just make sure I have my safety kit here. Then yeah. I'll be fine. But no, then you move on to something else. It's never enough. Yeah. Uh, so that snowball, I just couldn't stop it on my own. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, you serve on the anxi- on the board of the anxiety of Anxiety Canada. Yes. Yeah. And what what moved you to join them, or did you contact uh, Anxiety Canada? No, actually, they contacted. Well, uh, no, I'm gonna start that again. Uh, my CBT psychologist uh, who was part of. Anxiety BC back then when it was uh, funded uh, started. Uh, she she mentioned it to me. So through our sessions after multiple years of seeing her almost on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. uh, once she figured that I was doing better, she just mentioned it and said, you know, they're always looking for board members, and mm-hmm. I'm in the corporate world. That's that's my 
job, my full-time job, so yeah. it made sense. Yeah. And I met with Judith and right away fell in love with her as a person. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm 100% supportive of the 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 mission of Anxiety Canada. So it was easy to say yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm not on the board, but I was happy to become a champion and, and serve them in this way, too, because I believe in 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 being open and an open advocate about it. Were you always once you I, I you know, I'm really curious about your time when you left the hospital. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, in the hospital, did you get to see did you see your kids during that time? I did. And that was a condition for me when they said we think it w- you would be better off staying with us for a few days. Yeah. Um, I I was still nursing at the time, so oh, right. I said, yeah. um, "Will I still be able to nurse my child? He was only eight months old at the time. Yeah. And can I see them? And yeah. once they said yes to both those questions, I was like, "Okay, done deal." Mm-hmm. And you know, they were little, yeah. the eight eight month old baby, and then my daughter was just um, two and a half. Right. Uh, they they didn't they at that. Like those kids that age don't have uh, preconceptions about people. They just yeah. love everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they came. I was at the mood disorder unit at UBC yeah. uh, with people mostly with uh, bipolar or depression. Mm-hmm. I think I was the only one um, with anxiety as the primary diagnosis. Interesting. And I heard, I don't know how exactly if it's true, but I heard through grapevines that I was the last patient admitted they are with anxiety as the primary disorder mm-hmm. uh, they don't take people with anxiety anymore which is really really sad that's that's it an was, interesting thing I don't I don't understand that uh, yeah I don't know why but it's mood disorder and I guess anxiety doesn't fit within that mm. Uh, but it was the best place for me because um, I initially went to VGH and the psychiatry unit there is scary. Yeah. They have a lot of people in psychosis, on drugs. Um, the, you know, the beds are carved out off the floor. Yeah. Uh, they have stainless steel toilet. It was oh. just so scary. How long and were I you there? Uh, overnight. Just one night. That's good. And and in the unit for like half an hour meeting with the psychiatrist on call that yeah. day. Yeah. But I would not have been comfortable there. At UBC, it's... They have big windows, it's out in nature, mm-hmm. and it, the people are suffering in the same way that I was. It wasn't, I didn't feel in danger at any time. Um, it was just people struggling with um, similar mental illnesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most people didn't want to have a room on their own. They were, they want, most of the patients wanted to be with others. Oh, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I was lucky enough, I was given a tiny little closet. Yeah. Uh, that was perfect for what I needed. And the first night, I slept over 16 hours. Oh, my I was gosh. exhausted. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my kids were coming. Um, they loved going to the fridge because people didn't drink um, their little milk that mm-hmm. came with breakfast. Yeah. So that was the big thing for my daughter was to go and find uh, a little milk. Nice. And if there was a nurse on the weekend who would always bring her dog. Yeah, a tiny little, like white dog. So oh, yeah. she, she was running around with the dog. Yeah, um, and being charming with the staff, mm-hmm. with the the other patients. 
and it was just uh, they made it pretty easy for me yeah. to stay there and not feel like I was abandoning my kids. Nice. Did time go by pretty quickly in there? That's you know that's a pretty long time. Did it go fast? Well, it, I needed it. You know, I, I had zero confidence in myself. Yeah. Uh, even picking dinner or what I was wearing seemed like a mountain. So I really appreciated how uh, at first I was allowed to leave with a person in charge of me, and I was happy to have a person yeah. in charge of me. Yeah, for sure. And then I moved on to being al- allowed to go out on my own for maybe an hour. I went to the coffee shop grabbed the coffee and walked back to the hospital yeah. and the next day was a few more hours yeah. and I, whenever I came back at a one-on-one with the, my nurse uh, mm. that day and we would go over kind of how I was feeling so yeah. it just really allowed me to slowly build back that consent that I think outside of the hospital would have taken me probably weeks yeah. maybe even months yeah. to be able to really have that back yeah. and feel like I could be in charge of myself and of children. Mm-hmm. So what was it like when you got back to your home? Uh, so I I was lucky. I mean, I have a very supportive family. So I actually went back to Quebec uh, where my parents had rented a cottage for the summer. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, them and my sister basically... Um, split the time and there was always someone with me and the kids yeah and at first because i needed someone i just couldn't do it on my own and then slowly i was more and more independent uh but it was really nice to be out in nature um getting dirty you know with ocd and i was so afraid that my kids would get sick or and it just it forced me to to really put things in perspective and Yeah, uh, yeah. So that that was nice, and um, I stayed there maybe for two months, mm-hmm. and then came back here, and my son started daycare. Yeah. Uh, so I had more time to myself, and yeah. eventually started work again on a part-time basis. Nice. And yeah. Yeah. So it, I, I was lucky. I have to say, being on mat leave when all of this happened removed yep. such a huge pressure off of my shoulders right you because had i the, didn't have to justify the absence to anyone which is definitely one nice aspect about about the canadian healthcare system oh uh, for sure know, you consider what our uh, that our neighbors to the south don't don't have that luxury at all absolutely I, you know one thing i'm curious about too because you mentioned your kids and you mentioned that part of your part of the your your thoughts manifested in terms of in terms of um you know the dirt and getting dirty and all that kind of stuff. What was your upbringing like when you were a kid? Did you how, was that? What was your experience? Oh no, I grew up uh, in a cul-de-sac place where we were always on the street, dirty, yeah, uh, eating sand and <laughs> yeah. rock. Yeah, um, it, it's really I, I can't. Um, it, it's definitely not a reflection of how I was. No, up. and that's what, and that's what I'm. That's where I'm going with this because I think that's important that people know that that just because you, you know, even though you had that kind of upbringing, um, that just shows what the symptoms of this disease can do. Because um, you know, even in your most rational mind, you know, you experienced that and you lived through it, but you still had those impulses that were very contrary to what you were brought up with. Yeah, absolutely. And as much as my mom has tried to identify what she did wrong, (laughs) feeling very guilty about all of that, um, there is nothing. This is not caused by 
someone or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we get really in the details, I know there are potentially some infections that can uh, trigger OCD, but in my case, it wasn't that at all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think, it, it was just part of me, and um, I, I don't know if if the stars aligned or if I was meant to have this, but yeah. uh, it happened, and definitely not because my parents did or did not do something. Yeah, I, I find that traditionally, you know, with a lot of psych, psych, I've been to a, I've been to what I call a parade of psychologists and psychiatrists, um, you know. Playing the, the blame game will only to get you so far or trying to decode something from the past. And it's important to release emotions around that. But ultimately, we're dealing with who we are now and, uh, and, and, and how we establish you know, those good habits going forward. And it sounds like you've really come to terms with that. Uh, yeah, I, to me, CBT is so clear, um, and it helped that I have this legal background because my psychologist just said, like, Emmy, you know, when you have those recurrent thoughts in your head, just yeah. put them on trial. Yeah. You need to look at the evidence and yeah. <laughs> are they guilty or not? Yeah. And if you decide they're not, move on. And it's going to feel uncomfortable for a little while, but sit with that discomfort and power through. Yeah. And and you'll see over time, you'll yeah. feel better and better. Yeah. So to me, that was look at the evidence. Are you justified um, feeling this way or being worried and yeah. if not just suck it up and that was a, such a big moment for me yeah. it changed my life it's been so great having you talk openly about about your experiences it's it's perfect for Thanks what for we're doing today and i really appreciate you talking stories. to us today the anxiety canada you're very welcome thank Bateman. you so much for taking the time anxiety to do that. for more really anxiety important. resources and, uh, including our app mindship cbt um, and if you like what you hear understand please consider making a donation this podcast is being possible by listeners like you talk about until next time for sure thanks a lot emmy thanks john take care bye bye-bye Thanks for listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. And if you like what you hear, please consider making a donation. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Until next time.